As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. We're going to let this stream breathe just for a second. Make sure it's nice and stable for our awesome listeners out there in Broncos country. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, returned from a day off or so from podcasting, fresh, ready to rock and roll, ready to drop some knowledge and, and spit some Broncos information. Zach Kelberman, how you doing, brother? Doing pretty well, Chad. Another day of our current predicament in the country right now, just trying to get through it and trying to get April over with. Uh, excited for the draft coming up. Excited to talk more Broncos football. Always happy to be back on here with you. Without going, we all know there are certain topics on this show that we can't specifically name. Everybody knows what we're talking about, though. Um, but it seems to be, Zach, that there's more positive reports coming out on this topic the last, I'll say, 48 hours. And so, you know, that's encouraging. We'll see how it shakes out. In the meantime, we do have a phenomenal NFL event. The, the draft's coming up 23rd. So what's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday. So two weeks from tomorrow. And uh, we're looking forward to covering it. And there's still a lot of a lot of road left to hoe in terms of things that could happen between now and then. There's some hints that we're going to talk about today of the Broncos potentially looking to make some moves. Although if they do, it probably won't be until night of and day of the draft, but we'll get to that uh, here in just a second. But first, you guys, a couple of quick matters of business as we welcome in those of you who've been hanging out in the room. Shout out to Buona Beast and Miller 707, Michael, uh, let's see, Black Knight 232, Sterling. It's good to have each and every one of you, even if I did not name you there. Welcome in. We got to uh, touch on some quick business real quick, and then we'll dive into the meat and potatoes of tonight's show and then see what's on everyone's mind in the in the chat stream make sure you're following the podcast on twitter if you're on twitter at huddle up pod simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time you know that by now but for those of you who are new and this show is growing by leaps and bounds each and every week it's good to get this info out each and every day make sure you're also following the main account at mile high huddle that keeps you plugged into all things broncos news and analysis breaking in real time And then, guys, one last thing here. I want to remind everybody that we do have 
a merch store that was created specifically for you, specifically with you in mind, based on your popular demand. It's out there. You guys have made it a phenomenal part of the of the Mile High Huddle, I don't know what you call it, platform. And it's you guys have used it quite a bit. Just making sure you guys know it's there. Hats like this, hats like Zach's. Well, not exactly like this one, but football pre-shirts like this. You got hoodies, you got tees, you got uh, tank tops, boys, girls, whatever you're looking for. There's a little something for everybody. So it's just another organic way that you can support the show. And, and uh, you know, there's other ways to do it organically as well. For example, liking this video, whichever platform you're watching it on currently, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, like it, share it. Two easy ways, simple ways to help support the cause. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, I want I've been dying all day long, dude, to get your thoughts on this article from Mike Kliss. Now, as we all know, Zach, Mike Kliss is, I mean, we we use phrases like the mouthpiece of the team, and that might not be exactly fair to to a guy like Mike Kliss, because he is his own man, I'm sure. We and he's a great guy. We both met him, he's a good dude. But he is the number one newsbreaker, right? When it comes to the Denver Broncos, it, it usually comes from Mike Kliss if it's being broken. There are a few exceptions. Our friend Benjamin Albright is, is one of those exceptions. Great journalists like Nikki Jabala of The Athletic, Troy Rank of Denver 7. There are others, but Mike Kliss is the number one kind of newsbreaking guy. As he says it, more often than not, so it goes. Well, today he published an article <clears> – <throat> And you guys can go check out our response to this article at milehighhuddle.com when you get some time. Entitled, Nine Candidates for the Broncos, Number 15 Overall Pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. And Zach, in that article, he basically postured it as kind of a, here's what I think the Broncos should do. He started it with kind of a weird, uh, I don't know, exposition on setting up Ethernet cables for Elway and, and Fangio in their home office for the draft and all this weird stuff before he really dived in, Zach, to the meat and potatoes. And bottom line is this. We can read and quote it. In fact, I probably should just for just to have the basis covered. But he said that the Broncos 
here's a quote from the tweet of him promoting his own article on Twitter and uh, more power to him for that. But he said, quote on Twitter, ethernet cords and landlines first step to the Broncos 2020 draft. And then, maneuvering to get one more pick between 15 in the first round and 46 in the second round. So he's posturing it, Zach, as he's advocating that that's something that the Broncos should do. My question to you is, do you think that's him being fed information from the team and some smoke signals going up, or do you think it might be real information? I think it's a mixture. At this time of the year, it's lying season, Chad. The Broncos know it's going to get disseminated through the media, what they tell Cliss, but I think there's some validity to it, and I've been saying this for a while now. Do not be surprised when the Broncos trade back up into the first round. There is no way they're going to make all 10 picks. If they want their guy to come up for Cesar Ruiz or um, Cushenberry, an offensive lineman, if they go receiver at 15, I think they will come back up or at least heavily explore the opportunity. So I think there's some truth to what Cliss is saying here, but I would just caution in the Broncos fan base not to take it as gospel, not to take his word as the end-all, be-all. Nothing, Nobody knows anything until the day of the draft and when they're on the clock, and especially this year with it being so uncharted, so different, no one knows what's going on, including Elway right now. But if there's a year for the Broncos to move up for either a higher round, first-round pick or two first-round picks, this is the year. Here's, here's what he said in the written article. Quote, this is what he's saying, advocate for the Broncos to do, quote, Add a third pick between the Broncos' number 15 pick in the first and the number 46 selection in the second round. His explanation, quote, Trader John Elway, of course, and Matt Russell have become quite good at such maneuvers. They already have decent trade into the second round ammunition with three picks in the third round. The Broncos need to come away with three starters from this draft, a receiver, a cornerback, and an offensive lineman, either a left tackle or a center guard Close quote. And Zach, last year we saw Elway execute a trade up. I think, I mean, he trades in each and every draft, the Broncos maneuver. Now, in the first, it's not always in the first round, but last year we saw a first round trade. It was a trade back for the Broncos. 2018 was Bradley Chubb. No one really saw that pick coming just because no one really expected Chubb to fall to five, but the Broncos held tight, stayed where they were supposed to stay. Let's see, dial it back 2017. Who was the first round pick in 2017? That one we saw coming uh, from a mile away because Russell Okung departed. They let him go in free agency or they didn't pick up his team option, uh, basically. And so everyone knew it was going to be a left tackle. They get Garrett Bowles, the number one tackle off the board, telegraphed it, right? The smoke signals went up during the pre-draft process. Zach and Elway came through in a big way on those smoke signals, taking the the first tackle off the board. Uh, 2016, I mean, you can go back in time. Even 2015, Shane Ray moved up. There was a draft there. Trade for trade up for Paxton Lynch. Elway's no stranger, nor is he shy about maneuvering in the first and second round. So even last year, moving up to grab Drew Locke in the second round, using one of those third round picks that he got from the Pittsburgh Steelers, I could see this happening. And Zach, I mean, you think about it, 10 picks in this draft the Broncos currently hold. Is there room for 10 new players to make this team? That's the question, and I don't think there is. So you're going to see him consolidate those picks one way or another. Exactly. And also the undrafted free agents, Chad, which Elway loves to comb through and he's had such success with signing. There's not enough roster spots to go around right now. They're almost at their limit as it is. Plus, you start thinking about the cap constraints of having to sign each and every player. Of course, it goes down depending on the round, but you don't want that many contracts on the books. There is no way to me they make all 10 picks. They're going to use, and I'd be surprised if they made all third round picks, Chad, if they made all three of them. They're going to use one of them to move up either to the late 
back end of the first round or uh, up in the second round for a player that, that they like. Similar to last year, they moved up for Drew Locke. They had Reisner back-to-back. If he targets someone, if he loves someone, he's going to get him. And for my money, I agree with Clist. It has to be a combination of offensive line and wide receiver in the first two picks. A lot of it, of course, is going to be determined by which players are falling, which players the Broncos have their eye on, and what they do in the first round in general. Like if they go at pick 15 and the big three are off the board, you got Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, and Jerry Judy are are all gone, and the Broncos end up going with a plan B in the first round, that could completely alter how they approach pick 46, what they end up doing in the second, trying to package some thirds to get into the first it will be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Now, as we continue to dissect this conversation, this topic, I don't want to, I want to try and hedge against the possibility of the chat stream passing by our supers that we can put on the, on the uh, screen here. So let's grab a couple of these real quick. And of course, get your questions and concerns, see what's on the minds of our super chat superstars. Marcos jumping in with a $2 donation on super chat. Thank, Thank you, Marcos. Marcos. Um, how many touchdowns? This is obviously a different, different topic here. Will Noah Fant have? Zach, what did he have last year? Three, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what 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 do you project for twenty twenty? I'm going to go for the lower end. Everyone knows how high I am on uh, Drew Locke, how high I am on uh, Cortland Sutton, and even Philip Lindsay to that extent. But there's just not enough targets to go around. There's too many mouths to feed. And in someone like Pat Shermer's system, even even though Noah Fant's a first-round tight end, he has that pedigree. Even though he's a starter, I'm going to go for the lower-end projection, though. I'm going to say six touchdowns for Noah Fant, the majority of which will come through the red zone. Another big target for Drew Locke, another secondary weapon behind Cortland Sutton and whoever they draft uh, later this month. (sighs) Really answering this question with any level of accuracy at this point in the offseason is impossible. But what I'll say is it's very contingent on how far along Drew Locke, you know, how how big that quantum leap is or isn't in year two. I mean, looking at last year in New York, just as a barometer, in fact, the two years that Pat Shermer was in New York, Evan Ingram struggled with injuries quite badly. But in both years, he scored exactly the amount of touchdowns Noah Fant had last year. Three. Three touchdowns in 2018, three touchdowns in 2019. So I think if you set three as kind of the floor and you look at uh, six as kind of a middle ceiling, it could be more. It's just dependent on Locke, how quickly it takes this offense to really come to light. And we'll see how it shakes out. Now, from the top rope, from Mount Rushmore itself, Mile High Huddle Mount Rushmore, Miss Christie jumps in. With a massive super chat. Thank you, Christy. That means the world to us. You know that. She says, much love tonight. Hope you all have a great night. Keep killing it, guys. Thank you. Really, Christy, that is that means the world to us. Seriously, we appreciate you. Um, You're a big part of this community, and I hope you know we all appreciate you. And these podcasts, I know everyone enjoys it when when you're participating in the stream. So it's good to see you, and thank you very much. Let's grab what Cody's saying here on Facebook real quick. Do you guys like Matt Hennessy as a possible center option in round two? Now, Hennessy is a center prospect from Temple. I think most people uh, view him, most draft Knicks kind of view him as the third, number three true center behind Lloyd Cushenberry and Cesar Ruiz. I think he's going to end up going in round two. Depending on what the Broncos did in the first round with that pick 15, I could maybe live with a Matt Hennessy in round two. I could really get on board with a Matt Hennessy in round three. 
I'm right there with you. I'd love him in round three, but I would not mind pulling the trigger in round two. Like I've been saying, the Broncos have to invest a premium pick at center, if only because it's the quarterback of the O-line. And with the relationship with Drew Locke, it's so crucial that they have a a solid bond with a high-end prospect. Well, I prefer Cushenberry. I prefer Ruiz first, but if they wanted to go for Hennessy in the second round, I would not cry about that. All right. I'm just checking real quick to see if the chat stream skipped anybody, and sure enough, it did. So we grabbed Marcos. We got to grab Bronx Legend really quick. And, uh, you know, this is a good problem to have. When the comment stream and the super chat is this active and passionate, you know, sometimes we just got to charge it to the game and and uh, tackle it on a case-by-case basis. We got to say thank you, though, to Bronx Legend jumping in with a $5 super. Thank, thank you, you, my Thanks friend. He says, so I heard Chad had to check some mofo on social media today. My kind of bro to rep like that, LOL. But maybe a cornerback at 15 now? <laughs> oh, I, I like honestly don't way. know what you're talking about, but – but, uh, you know, sometimes that's how it goes with Twitter. I don't always remember every single interaction, although I tried to. I don't know what exactly you're talking about, but uh, maybe a corner at 15. For what it's worth, corner has always been in the equation. I know everyone's focusing on wide receiver and for dang good reason. But cornerback is another one because it's considered a high-value uh, position in terms of yeah. it being a cornerstone position. Now, they, the Broncos, Zach, they feel like they have a new number one in A.J. Bouye. But you don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. He's coming off kind of a down year similar to Chris Harris's year uh, in Jacksonville. So taking a corner at 15, I mean, I'm not advocating for any of these guys, but guys like C.J. Henderson, Jeff Gladney, Christian Fulton, um, you know, if is there, you take him and you never look back, but he's not going to be there. But, yeah, 15, it could be a a corner. I still am more – I still see it more as being a wide receiver when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, y'all can disagree with me, but unless Akuda's sitting there at 15, I'm not touching a cornerback until the third round. They, they just have too many other needs they have to fill first, and, and premium desperation needs right now, which is a starting center and a starting wide receiver too. You take care of those two positions, then you look to the defense, then you look to inside linebacker, then you look to the secondary. I am not touching corner at 15. I am going offensive line or wide receiver, depending on who's on the board, Chad. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Nad Ludlow also jumps in with a $5 super. Thank you. Thank you, Nad. Friend. I'm not sure what you're talking about there because we haven't been following the stream exactly, but he says, no worries, Steve. I got you. It's all good. I don't know exactly what that's in reference to, but I hope everything's okay. Uh, let's grab Anthony really quick here, Zach. He's got uh, an interesting question, comment here. Let's grab it really quick. This is the only downside to having to do this is that – it's a slight delay, but bear with me one sec. It's not as easy as point and click. I got to do a copy paste. Anthony jumps in $5 super. Appreciate you, Anthony. He says, if Locke would have started all 16 games, do you think we would have made the playoffs? And what record would we have had? Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. That's a really interesting question. I mean, if you take it on a, you know, if he, his winning percentage was 8 0, 800 was his winning percentage as a starter and as a rookie. I mean, that's what, 12 and four? But I don't, I'm not saying that's what it would have been, but I think the Broncos, Zach, would have gotten a lot closer to double digit wins, which would have gotten them into the playoffs. So certain games where it was a razor's edge, I'm talking the, I'm talking the, the Bears game, Jacksonville game, Colts game, Vikings game. I might be missing one, but there's at least four games there that I think if Drew Locke is the quarterback in that Buffalo game, probably still would have lost, but his arm strength would have at least helped you have a chance in that win. Um, I think they're closer to double-digit wins if he's the starter from the drop, but it didn't work out that way, Zach. Things happened for a reason. That 10-week exile, it had a quantum effect on his ability as a quarterback because when he stepped in a week 13, even though it was far from perfect, he was significantly farther along and more advanced than he was when he left that field after he uh, sprained his thumb against the Seahawks or the Niners, I think it was actually in the preseason. Well, let's track it. At one point during his winning streak, Chad, they the Broncos held the tiebreaker over the Titans for the final playoff seat. And it wasn't until the Kansas City loss that they really fell out of playoff contention. So, I mean, they were there for a while. They were right in the thick of it. If they had a better quarterback replacing Joe Flacco, I think they would have been closer to 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. Definitely a winning record. I'm not going to say playoffs, but definitely in a better position. Things work out the way things work out. I believe if Flacco wasn't so bad, then Locke wouldn't have played. So I'm happy we have him. I'm happy he got some experience. I'm happy he showed he's capable of being that guy for hopefully the long term. Let's grab Christian here who jumped in with a $5 super. Appreciate you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. With there being a rumor that we might make a, a blockbuster trade in the draft, do they mean they might trade into the back end of the first round or early second? That's the question. The question that is being put out there basically what what Cliss is advocating is that the Broncos are picking at 15 and then they're picking next at 46. What he's saying is they're going to keep that 46. They're going to keep that 15, but they're going to he he wants them he's advocating again, all right, I'm doing this air quotes for the Broncos to package a deal what you probably using those third rounders to move in between the 46 and the 15 pick, whether that's early second round or late first round, it just depends on finding a willing partner, the right guy falling, the right circumstances. So 
to clarify, it could be late first deck, early second. It takes two to tango for sure, but it seems like Elway wants to come out of the first round with two blue chip prospects. And he he tipped his hand in free agency, Chad. He did not target one wide receiver. He did not target one offensive tackle. He left those positions for the draft. So that would lead me to believe he's going to use those two spots between 15 and 46 to shore up the offensive line for Drew Locke and his pass catching weaponry for Drew Locke. All right, Williams, good to see you. Hashtag state of being, my friend. Don Juan jumps in, $2 super. Thank you, Don. Lock ceiling and floor player comparisons. Hmm. I mean, it is the offseason. Tis the time for spitballing and projections and questions like this. I think ceiling, honestly, I think his ceiling, if absolutely everything shakes out the way it possibly could based on potential, it's approaching something close to, now hold on to your, Underwear here, okay? Patrick Mahomes, in terms of his his physical talent, all right? Now, I'm not making that as a bold prediction. I'm saying that's his ceiling, something approaching that, all right? Patrick Mahomes, arguably the most dynamic and unique quarterback ever in terms of just his overall skill set. Something approaching that, all right? Floor, I mean, what's your answer on floor, Zach? What do you think? Jay Cutler or Jake Plummer. That's Drew Locke's floor to me. Two gunslinging quarterbacks who have the personality, they have the arm. And for his ceiling, Mahomes is a great comparison. I'm even taking it a step further, Brett Favre. And he mm-hmm. has a long, long way to go before he approaches that territory. But he has the swagger. He has the passion for the game. He has the arm talent. He just has that moxie to him. Could be. You never know. King Hicks jumps in with a $5 super. Appreciate Thank that, you, my friend. He says, longtime listener. Just starting to jump in the chat comment section. That's good. I'm glad you're migrating over there, my friend. That's what it's there for. You uh, participate in the conversation. Literally the best part of my day. Keep up the good work, fellas. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Wow. That's awesome. That means a lot to us, my friend. We can say the same as well. We look forward to these podcasts each and every night and getting a chance to hang out and talk with you guys. Let's grab Yanis over on Facebook real quick. We don't want to neglect our phenomenal Facebook audience he says hey guys do you see us trading up back into the late first round so we could make two first round picks keep it going i've been listening for over a year after the fact but happy to catch you guys live tonight okay so listening as a downloadable podcast and trying to catch it live whenever you can well it's good to have you my friend do you see us trading back into the late first i think the way it'll shake out if it does shake out with a trade up packaging some of those third round selections to get back in I don't think it'll end up being late first because the premium just ends up being significantly more. Now, of course, it just depends entirely on which player or players they're coveting that are dropping through. But I could see something, Zach, more similar to last year where, you know, they're sitting at pick 41. They're going to take Dalton Reisner. But before they turn in that card, they execute a trade with, I think it was Cincinnati to, who was it? (sighs) Anyway, they package a trade to move up using one of the third round picks they got from Pittsburgh in the first round to move up and grab Drew Locke. Now, by the way, Elway would have taken Drew Locke at 41 if he wouldn't have already received assurances that that trade was going to happen. So he just grabbed Dalton Reisner, and then he grabbed Drew Locke. But I could see something like that happening again. An underrated factor, too, is if the Broncos want that fifth-year option, which only applies to first-round draft picks. So if they love someone in the first round, they would want to have that. Then they would use those third-round picks to move up into back into the first round to double up with either a wide receiver and offensive lineman or vice versa. But 
I'd be happy if in the second round they target a guy, they target uh, Hennessy, they target Ruiz, they target someone who they know can be an instant impact contributor. And it seems like preliminarily they have their sights set on someone, Chad. They have a plan of attack. They don't know how the board is going to break just yet, but the way the smoke is kind of aligning here and the way the fire is churning underneath it, it seems like the Broncos know where they want to go. They just don't necessarily know who they want to take just yet. Well said. Liberal hater jumps in with a $10 super chat. Appreciate that, my friend. Really do. He says, I'm impressed by Patrick. Is he close to Sutton size by Patrick? Oh, Tim Patrick. Hello. Is that who you're talking about, liberal hater? Uh, Is he close to Sutton size-wise? He catches everything. Zach, we might need your interpretation skills here because I don't want to. I was thinking Patrick Starr from SpongeBob, but I'm pretty sure it's Tim Patrick. (laughs) Who are you talking about, liberal hater? Um, is he close to Sutton size-wise? He catches everything. Seems like the same thing that happened to. I'm assuming it's comparing Patrick and Sutton. To Taylor and why give up on Deshaun. Okay. So we're talking about Tim Patrick and we're talking about Deshaun Hamilton. Look, Patrick is a solid number four receiver. And what I mean by that is he's the ideal guy to spell Cortland Sutton, similar player. It's like Cortland Sutton light right. at the X receiver. Do you want to be able, do you want to have to rely on Tim Patrick in the passing game? No. He's a great depth guy to step in, spell your number one guy, or if Sutton gets hurt here and there, he can step in and fulfill that role. Not going to be as explosive, not going to be as dominant, anywhere close to as dominant, but he can get that cat skinned, as it were. Deshaun Hamilton, he's still going to have a role in this offense because he is, he can present value as a slot guy and do a lot of stuff for you, but they need dynamic impact, Zach, and that's neither one of these guys. And thank you again, liberal hater. Yeah, it's perfectly said, Chad. The the only thing I'll add is Tim Patrick, when you're comparing him to Deshaun Hamilton, why he seems to get more playing time and why he's more of a fan favorite, he's more consistent. His hands are better. He's a better route runner. He doesn't have the draft status like uh, Deshaun Hamilton did, but he's coming to work every single day, grinding away. He's made a name for himself showed good chemistry with every quarterback he's played with. Deshaun Hamilton is is very boomer bust. His hands were suspect last year. He was falling behind on the depth chart. Tim Patrick's just a more advanced player right now, and I think the Broncos coaching staff, or what's left of the holdovers from last year, they just trust Patrick a lot more. Mr. Boggins jumps in, $5 super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. And those of you listening after the fact to the podcast, twice in the last two weeks, you've heard a new, different intro to the podcast i think we did it the same days both weeks and that was created by this fellow right here so hats off to him and uh we appreciate you my friend he says if all first round tackles and the big three wideouts are gone should we swing on a a, a defensive back like gladney christian fulton or mckinney no well (laughs) let's see i don't know man i don't like the idea of mckinney he's a fine player don't get me wrong they don't need a safety Especially at 15. It's not a first-round need, right? right? Like, they need that third guy, but if in the first round, you need to draft Will Parks in the first round. I don't think so. Uh, and I know Kareem Jackson is entering his age 32 season, Zach, but I could live with Gladney in the first round. Fulton, mm-hmm. I'd have to be a little bit more persuaded, but Gladney, I could live with him at 15 if, as Mr. Boggins is saying here, you know, you're disappointed that the board fell the way it did with regard to the tackles and wideouts. I might be disappointed, but I'm not going to take a player for the sake of taking a player. If if all the wide receivers and tackles and linemen are off the board, then I'm looking at Kenneth Murray. I'm looking at Patrick Queen. I'm looking at Javon Kinlaw, Derek Brown. I'd rather go defensive line or inside linebacker before I touch the secondary at 15, Chad. I don't think I do that in any scenario. If, if those players are off the board, then I try to move back for a guy like Cushenberry in the 20s. I am not touching a corner at 15 or pretty much in the first round. 
Antonio Aragon jumps in with a $10 super. Thank you. The chat stream passed you by. So I ran back to YouTube, grabbed your comment in your chat. Here you are. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I can't see Denver going defensive line in the first round. We have to reinforce the O-line or get that number two wide receiver. Hashtag Broncos country. Zach, he's definitely sharing a brain with you. And for the most part, I agree with that in terms of I would prefer O-line over wide receiver, even though that's not the way the wind appears to be blowing. But he's definitely sharing a brain with you there. I just don't see how defensive lines in need. When you bring back Shelby Harris, you acquire Jarrell Casey. That's taken care of. You know, in the cornerback, you traded for AJ Boye. You got uh, uh, Devontae Bosby coming back. You have two premier safeties. Those aren't day one needs. Those aren't immediate needs. They do not have a wide receiver too. They do not have a starting center. That has to be before you address other positions and a, also a tackle behind Garrett Bowles and Juwan James. That's more important. From. MHH is Mount Rushmore. Edward Keating jump uh, jumping in with a $20 super. Wow. Thanks. Ed. Thank you. you know, we appreciate you, my friend. Hope everything's going okay. He says, I think we trade up and get Henry Ruggs and grab a center in the second. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being from South Carolina. Zach, if it ended up being, I mean, if the Broncos could grab Ruggs and still get a Cushionberry or a Ruiz, maybe even a Hennessy in the second round, you're filling two major holes out of the gates. That's You're cooking with grease right there. I, I don't know that I'm completely in favor of trading up for Ruggs, especially in the top 10, but that's my best-case scenario, Chad. The first two picks, Henry Ruggs and Cushenberry, those are instant day-one starters. Your offense is pretty much set. You're really tilting the field in Drew Locke's favor. I just love those moves. You have to address offense and those two positions in specific before you go to defense. All right, one more, I think, that this chat stream passed by. I apologize to you guys. Ron Dove, superstar, jumping in with a $2 super. Appreciate you, Ron. He says, hey, guys, wide receiver and offensive line in the first round. Rugs and Kush. There it is. Yep, he's he's liking that uh, equation. And, again, if that's the way it shakes out, I could get behind it. It still wouldn't be my preferred first round, but – Again, guys, if the Broncos end up with a Henry Ruggs or if it ends up being a C.D. Lamb or if it ends up being a Jerry Judy, I'm not going to poo-poo that, especially depending on what they do in the second round. Zach, let's grab Derek here, who jumps in with a $10 super. Appreciate you, you. Mr. Green. He says, finally found the donation button. Only my second time live. Well, that's cool, man. Thank Thank you, Derek. He says, my question is, Gordon's contract being two years, do you see us letting him walk next season and re-signing Lindsay? I don't see that happening. I think, uh, I mean, he's tied down for 13 and a half million of the 16 million they signed him for. 13 and a half of that, Derek, is guaranteed. So, Zach, Melvin Gordon's going to be here for two years. The Broncos have control over Lindsay through that entire period of time. It's going to be 2021, end of 2021, where they're going to have to make a decision on both of those guys. It's like every time this wound heals for me, Chad, I'm just ripping this guy back <laughs> off talking about Gordon's contract. Yeah, I, I think he is here to stay for two seasons. The Broncos invested in him for that reason, gave him that much guaranteed money. They're really letting the situation dictate. They want to see how Lindsey responds, not only to Melvin Gordon's presence, but his what he brings to the table, uh, quote-unquote, his pass-catching ability, his explosiveness. They want to see if Lindsey can overcome that and be the better running back, then they would pay him. But I think Melvin Gordon is here to stay for 2020 and 2020. 21. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Bri, I am looking right now to see what I missed on that. I'll uh, circle back and check it out. He says, shame, shame, $5 super. And by the way, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Love you, man. Mount Rushmore right here. He says, Chad, you pulled my last super on the last pod and didn't answer it. LOL. I'm looking, dude, and I'm seeing the last one being, tell me if I'm right on this, Brian, and maybe we can get Rosenthal on the show after Locke's 2020 oh. season to apologize like Adam Rank did on Perna's show, LOL. You're right. I think that – I don't think – I don't remember reading that one off the top, Zach. So, who knows? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. And speaking of, I talked to Brandon today, and we're going to try and get him on the show next week. So, probably Wednesday show next week, Brandon Perna. That'll be fun. Look forward to that. And, uh, Brian, again, sorry, dude. I, you know, sometimes this thing moves hot and heavy, and it's fast, and – Apologize I didn't grab you there, but we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see how it shakes out. David, Zach jumps in. $10. Thank Super you, Super appreciate you, David. You've been really consistent, and we want you to know it means a lot to us, my friend. He says, wanted to say, hey, guys, been following you guys since Zach's days on Facebook awesome. Live. I really like the center from Wisconsin in the second. Stay safe, everyone. Tyler Biotish. Really weird name to, to uh, pronounce. Really weird name to spell out phonetically. It doesn't add up exactly however this is a this is a center who went into the 2019 college season projected to be a bona fide guaranteed lock it down first round pick but he didn't have a really good season in 2019 his draft stock has since fallen he probably still ends up going in the second round zach but i'm thinking he probably there's a good chance he's there in the third as well First of all, it's good to see you, David. Pre- appreciate you tuning in uh, and donating. Uh, it's good to see you. Take me back to my Facebook Live days. It's like a, it feels like an eon ago. Uh, I would be okay with Biotis in the second round. He's more of a third round prospect, but I'd feel more comfortable taking him in the second than I would Hennessy Chat. Maybe that's just me. I just I like the the Wisconsin system. I like where he comes from. I like his game. And and like I said, they have to come away those two first rounds with a wide receiver, and an offensive lineman, a starting one, a center. So if they can, no matter who it is, what combination they want to go to, it has to be that way. Rob on Facebook wants to know, how far would you trade back in the first round? Rob, the answer to that question is contingent entirely on how the board has fallen. Like, it just depends on what players you're, you have an eye on. And 
who you're willing to roll the dice in terms of possibly losing out on if you trade back. So I don't know. That's, that's a tough question, Zach, for me to answer without it being a live scenario and seeing how the board falling. It's just tough. Yeah. I, I don't know that I go too far back. I think I'm going maybe 21, 22 tops. Like I mentioned on a previous pod, I don't want to lose the guy I would target in a trade down scenario. It defeats the purpose. Otherwise, if you're going to move down, you're getting that pick back and you're still getting your guy just at a better value spot. So I would not go past 21, 22, that range. Ginger Ninja 88. That's a, that's a cool handle the way that, kind of flows off the tongue. He says, I saw Eric Trickle's article on Austin Jackson. Do you like him in round two? So for those who missed it, Eric Trickle published his Finding Broncos today on Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle from USC. Very talented and athletic player. A lot to like about him. He does have some uh, markers that scream potential NFL bust. And Eric kind of susses that out in the in the scouting report. However, there is a lot to like about this kid. And with a <clears throat> O-line coach like Mike Munchak, honestly, sky would be the limit with Austin Jackson. So I would like him in the second round as a possibility, depending on what happened in the first round. But just generally to answer the question, Zach, I, I like it as a possibility in round two. I do as well, though it gives me pause considering how Garrett Bowles was a massive project and we don't know how that turned out. I, I, I would want more of a sure thing if I'm going to take a tackle that high. I might be just, you know, it'd be a luxury pick for me, but I would want Tristan Wirfs at 15 versus Austin Jackson in the second round. I'd just rather have the more polished prospect than gambling on all upside like they did with Bowles. Terry Randall up in Canada proving, as always, that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Appreciate that $5 super, Terry. You know what he says. uh, Lindsey Gordon over under on total yards at 2,500. I take the over. You guys, hashtag football Mm -hmm. priest, hashtag state of being, stay safe, Broncos country. I'm taking the over on that. Between the two of them, I'm taking the over. Mm. Are we talking total yards? Receiving yards, exactly, yeah. Yards from scrimmage. Mm. Just rushing Mm. yards, no. They're going to fall well short of that. But total yards combined, I think it's going to be right about 25. I don't know. I'll, t- I'll take the under. It would have to be a phenomenal season. I mean, right. you think Terrell Davis in 1998 had that 2,000-yard rushing season. That was one guy. But that's a historic performance. I mean, most running backs, it's noteworthy if they get over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. And so getting to 2,500, they're both Pro Bowl caliber talents. We know that. It's possible. I would if I was actually betting my own money on it, I'm betting the under, <clears throat> but I wouldn't be surprised if Zach was right and it's right close or slightly over. In a best case scenario, yeah, because that's still, you know, 12, 1300 yards a piece. And that's tough considering they're going to make it a timeshare when they're going to keep one of them off the field to play the other one. So in a best case, fully optimistic scenario, yeah, it's going to come right about 2500, but I would bet the under and I wouldn't think twice about it. That's right. It is Passover. So happy Passover to those of you who celebrate in uh, Broncos country. Stu, Mount Rushmore, speaking of MHH, $25 super. We love you, Stu. We appreciate you. You you, He says, thanks for all the work, guys. Everyone stay safe. And to you as well, Stu, Stu, who is in the uh, airline biz. So that's uh, something that you got to be careful about with what's going on right now. Mark on Facebook says, love the pod. I think everybody is sleeping on Justin Jefferson, the LSU wide receiver. Picture Michael Thomas, but he can actually win more on the outside if needed. 
you know, Jefferson, Zach, for what it's worth, is a wide receiver that has grown on me the closer we've inched toward the draft. He's a player that has grown on me. There's a lot to like about him. I'm just not sure he would be the most ideal compliment to Cortland Sutton. But I'm not, you know, if the Broncos end up taking Jefferson, that's not a gift horse I'm looking in the mouth. He's a really good player. I'm I'm right there with you on that. I'm not going to take Jefferson over Ruggs, Lamb, or Judy, but if among the second-tier receivers, him and Mims are my preferred options. Uh, you don't necessarily need someone on the outside, though, Chad. You need more slot Tyree Kill speedster than you do an outside possession guy. You have that in Sutton. You have that in Patrick. You have that in Hamilton, and that's why Jefferson is not my number one pick. If, if Ruggs are off the board, Judy, Lamb, those tier one receivers, then I would look to just Jefferson as a, a secondary plan B option. Justin Ansel jumps in with a $5 super. We appreciate Justin. that, Justin. He says, watching Super Bowl 50, it showed how good special teams can be to a championship. Is this black hole punter situation taken care of? Hashtag state of being, hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Well, it's definitely upgraded. Is it taken care of? Only time will tell. But the kid they got, uh, Martin, what's his, what's Sam Martin? Sam, yeah. They signed ex-Detroit Lions punter, three-year deal. So he's here on the permanent. He's a guy that obviously everyone could get behind if they were going to pay him that money. So that means that not only Tom McMahon liked him, but Vic Fangio liked him, and he's here. We'll see. I mean, it's been a problem. It's been a a burr under the Broncos' saddle now for several years. Well, since they decided to move on from Riley Dixon, who was solid as a rookie in 2016. He was solid. It was surprising that they moved on with from him. I don't quite understand that still to this day. But nevertheless, Zach, time will tell. But I think it's pretty safe to say at least Sam Martin represents a significant upgrade over what they had the last two years in Colby Wadman. Um, I'll say on paper, it, as long as Tom McMahon's the coordinator, I can't put my rubber stamp on anything, Chad. I'd have to see it on the field and, and being worked out in an NFL game. It's going to prove, though, whether it was Marquette King, whether it was Colby Wadman, or whether it was Tom McMahon. He oversaw all those guys. And we'll know now, Sam Martin's a veteran. He has skin in the game. He's been fairly consistent with the Lions. If he comes to Denver and bombs, then we know once and for all, it's McMahon, which who should have been fired, but I digress. Latest, Ladis, Garcia on YouTube. Will you guys be streaming during the draft? Yes. You bet your bottom dollar we will be. We're still kind of ironing out the specifics of our plan for the draft, but this is a guarantee. You guys can set your watch to this. We will be streaming live, live podcast um, as the draft. So right before the draft starts through the duration of the first round. <clears throat> and depending on how the NFL continues to, you know, ends up scheduling the NFL draft, we're going to try and have a live stream going as often as we can during the draft, bringing you real analysis in real time. It's just a matter of on the first round, so which is a Thursday night. Zach and I will both be on the podcast, rocking and rolling. We're going to be rotating in some of the draft guys, familiar faces that you guys all know. We just don't know yet exactly how it's going to shake out, and we will pass that information on to you as soon as we do know. But one thing I can tell you for sure also is the Sunday before the draft, I think it's the 19th, is when we're going to do our War Room podcast where we do a seven-round mock with – the entire war room, the entire podcast war room. We can fit up to, I believe it's 10 people, Zach, from doing the research. In fact, Eric did the research on this. We can fit up to 10 people in these live streams that we use here on the service we use called StreamYard. 
So we're going to schedule that on the night that Huddle Up Pod would normally be starting the week off on a Sunday night. So you'll see Zach, you'll see myself, and then you'll see the Building the Broncos guys and the Dove Valley Deep Divers. And we'll do a whole seven-round mock. We'll have a clock. We'll try and involve you guys as well. It'll be a guess. Yeah, unlike the NFL, we can work a Zoom meeting chat. We can work a video conference. I don't know why they struggle with that so much. But yeah, we're going to be on there. We're going to have some fun. And uh, it's not what we wanted to do. We had greater plans for the draft, actually being there, interacting with you guys in person. But we're going to still provide our our usual commentary during the draft. It's still a fun time. And uh, we kind of thank God for it that it's going on right now, considering everything else. It's our three-day escape before everything goes back to normal. Can you imagine this period of time that we've all endured without free agency and without the draft to look forward to. Mm. I mean, I, I can't even, it boggles the mind to even contemplate. Anthony says, love watching the show. It gives me something to look forward to other than being able to get out of the house for work. <laughs> Thank you. I hear you. My Appreciate friend. that. Boyd jumps in with a $2 super from New Zealand. Wow. Hey, if this doesn't prove that Broncos country is not a geographic location, that it is in fact a state of being, I don't know what will Greetings from New Zealand. Keep up the great work. Wow, Boyd, that means a lot to us. It's good to see you. We welcome you into the community, and uh, definitely don't be a stranger, my friend. It's good to see you, and we appreciate that. Um, all right, let's grab a few more here. Where are we at? 42 minutes. So we, we still got a little cushion. We got some time here. I just want to make sure we aren't missing anybody. Whoop, there it went. Dang it. All right, I'm going to work from the back, from the bottom up on this one. From Weagal, Weagle, Weagle, Weagal, $5 super. Appreciate Dang. that. What are your thoughts on Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay in general? <clears throat> Where do you get your reliable mocks from in the NFL world? Hashtag love y'all. First thing is first, we love you too, Weagal. Yeah, and appreciate you. Mel Kuyper deserves a ton of credit for what the draft has become. The draft used to be something that was not even televised and through what he did as kind of the godfather of mock drafts, creating intrigue, creating speculation, creating storylines. I mean, he really birthed the entire industry that is NFL draft coverage. If it's not for Mel Kuyper, Zach, even guys like you and I, we're sitting on our thumbs in right. from you know the end of January or whatever until training camp opens up. It's it's so he deserves a lot of credit for pioneering that as a field. Todd McShay, I mean, he's just kind of a coattails guy. And they, everyone in that sense are. However, Todd McShay, you know, he has his own realm of expertise, I guess, Zach. But where we get our reliable mocks from, to be honest with you, there's first and foremost, we have four draft experts on staff at Mile High Huddle. And when I say draft experts, I'm talking guys who spend ridiculous, sick, disgusting amounts of time breaking down the entire draft class, watching their tape. Uh, writing scouting reports on these prospects, forming big boards and rankings. Like that's who we rely on in the intermediate. Now in a general sense, as long as it's a Zach, it's, it's a credible site. So if it's ESPN, if it's sports illustrated, if it's CBS, if it's NBC, these are the type. And, and some of the specific draft sites, like the draft networks mocks are very, I trust those as, as far as getting good information. But you got to be careful, not just any mock in terms of really trying to glean usable information. But still, let's let's face it, Zach, a mock draft is a mock draft. It's kind of like the miracle, finding the miracle <clears throat> bracket in March Madness. No one has ever mocked a perfect first round and it's never going to happen. The draft is completely unpredictable. 
Yeah, me personally, I probably can only speak for myself by saying this. I do the same thing like I when I look at horoscopes. I don't just look at one. I read 20, 30 of them and then form a consensus based on what they're all saying. So I'll read five or six mocks or so and then see the general consensus as to the draft community and, and the way that they're leaning, if it's wide receiver, if it's offensive line. So you name Kuiper McShay, they're two good uh, – assets to have in the community. Uh, I like Daniel Jeremiah personally. I think he's a little more consistent. He's a little more spot on, but no one's perfect, including Chad and I. No one knows. The NFL is so unpredictable. You never know what's going to go on and teams themselves don't know who they're going to draft. So how can anyone else know? My personal advice is just read a bunch of them and then trust your own instinct and trust your eyes as to who the Broncos would probably take. David Kilgore jumps back in. $10 super. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Awesome, buddy. He says, what do you guys think of Grant Delpit in the late first? Thanks again for the work you guys do. Been watching since Zach's days awesome. on Facebook Live. Thank you, David. Hey, uh, so Grant Delpit, safety from LSU. Very talented. Some draft nicks view him as the number one safety in the class. However, we all know how Vic Fangio feels about tackling when it comes to defensive backs. And that's the one big knock on Delpit, Zach, is that he is a lackluster tackler. So does that rule him out? No. I mean, if Fangio likes the upside enough to, and he feels like the dude's smart enough that he can be coached up on tackling, then he'll, he'll take him. But as a late first round option, I like other possibilities as opposed to, we just don't like, we, this podcast doesn't love the idea of a safety in the first round yes. period. End of story. That's what it comes down to for me. You just don't need the guy. You don't need him at 15. You don't need him that high up. You have Justin Simmons, who still needs a contract. Let's not it be, you know, let's not that be forgotten about. He needs a, a, a long-term deal. Then you have Kareem Jackson, who balls in his first year. You can get a third safety anywhere. You can get him in the fifth round and get him as an undrafted free agent. Trey Marshall can even be the third safety. Do not invest that pick in the first round at safety. You just don't need the guy. For what it's worth, I think Delpit goes to the Cowboys at 17, but he's not an option at all for the Broncos at 15, nor I think any cornerback or safety in this draft class. Manny Wise jumps in, $10 super. Appreciate you. you, Manny. You've been very active on the supers lately, and that uh, means a lot to us, brother. He says, the NFL is talking about doing a mock draft before the actual draft. What do you guys think of that, Zach? Have you heard anything on that front? Yeah, they're going to do a mock draft dry run, apparently, to see if the system holds, to see if the Zoom conference holds, and to see uh, you know, if there's any technical security issues. There's a, a worry, I believe, Adam Schefter said, about uh, war rooms getting hacked virtually. It's just going to be a you-know-what show on April 23rd. It's going to be bad, but uh, they're going to have some sort of dry run, and I'd love to see the picks, though, Chad, who these teams make in this, in this, uh, this fantasy mock draft scenario. It's going to be just completely unrealistic picks. All right, let's see what else we got here. My Broncos 15 checks in, $2 super. Thank you. And a phenomenal message. Love the pod. Hashtag Denver Broncos. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, All right, let's see what else we got. Our friend Shane jumps in. Always a great show, guys. Love to watch every day. Keep up the good work. Go Broncos. Means a lot, man. Appreciate that, my friend. Um, James Campbell makes a good point here. Any player who gives up bone marrow is someone I'm going to root for. Austin Jackson at 46 would be a solid pick. Hey, I don't disagree, my friend. I really don't disagree with that. I I could live with him as the pick at 46, Zach. But if we're going on backstory and feel-good stories, take Kinlaw at 15, considering he was homeless and worked his way up to being the star that he is now. And I just don't draft players based on one thing or another. He has a great backstory. It's very commendable what he did. But I'm looking for the best pick for the Broncos. I don't think in the second or first round, Jackson would be that guy. 
We go jumps back in with a $5 super and wants to know, are there any leaks on draft prospects the Broncos are high on? I heard nothing other than Kenneth Murray recently. I've heard, well, first and foremost, we know they're high on uh, Henry Ruggs. All right. Yeah. That's, that's a bona fide fact. John Elway telegraphed his interest in Drew Locke last year. He's telegraphing his interest in Henry Ruggs this year. Yeah. There are other players that I've heard things from little birdies here and there. Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, as far as linebackers, are two that I've heard Fangio likes. Um, Jeff Gladney is someone I've been told the, the Broncos like. Tristan Wirfs, Zach. I'm sure any of the top wide receivers, they they probably like them. Um, but in terms of real, real fire at the base of that smoke, at least in terms of first round, that's about – I'm trying to think if I've missed it, missed somebody, but that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, they even uh, recently met with Josh Jones, I believe, the tackle. Maybe I'm getting the name wrong there. The uh, one of the tackle prospects. Oh, you're right from Houston. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, it, I don't necessarily know. I mean, we don't know who's on their big board specifically. Only Elway and the Broncos know that, but they've tipped their hand in the positions that they're targeting. They've met with constant offensive linemen, constant wide receivers. Those are the two positions they are targeting high up at 15 and into the second round. Jeff C. jumps in, $2 Super, one of our superstars. Appreciate you, Jeff. Says, Tom McMahon still here? Special teams was terrible. It has been bad. It has been bad. Hopefully a punter and uh, having Deontay Spencer, who was a good returner for this team last year, Pro Bowl alternate, can help turn the ship around. Tony says, uh, did you guys see that Jalen Johnson told CBS Sports, this is the Utah cornerback, that he thinks he goes to the Raiders in round one. I did not see that, Zach. Jalen Johnson is a first-round caliber corner, all right? But he – I can't remember what the injury is. He had to have a surgery uh, coming out of the combine, or was it going into the combine? I can't remember now off the top of my head. That's going to hurt his stock. I still don't think Jalen Johnson goes in the first round. I really don't. I think he ends up going round two because of some injury concerns. But he's a very good corner, especially if you like to play press men. I don't think the Raiders go that route in the first round. I think they take a receiver. They might even double up at receiver. I've heard Chad. So I don't think Johnson is Raiders? a first round. Yeah, I don't think they're a first round caliber pick, or he is a first round caliber pick for them. More no, Bayo. More no Bayo. Love the Broncos. Uh, love from a Bronco Texan. Love the pod. Appreciate that. Say Fangio tells Munchak, you have our second and our last third round pick. You pick them. Go. What would Munch do? Um, if he has the second round pick, second and and last third round pick, are you talking strictly third? I think that's what he's saying. Um, I don't know. There there are a few options there. We talked about Hennessy. We've talked about. I don't think Austin Jackson's going to last till the third round. I'm trying to think of some guys. Um, Biotish. Biotish, yeah, that's a possibility. I don't know exactly where Ben Barch will fall. Mm, I don't know. That's probably a question better served for for the hardcore draft guys who have their rankings and their boards and all that. That's not that's not really something that's our game. I was going to say Lucas Niang, but there's no way he lasts until the third round. So no, he won't make it out of the second, even with his right. injury concerns. Wigal jumps back in again. This is oh no, I did grab this one. Okay, thanks, Wigal. That's right because I worked down. I worked from the bottom up on that one. All right, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody here, and then we can. Oh, JJ, $25 donation. Thank you. Appreciate that, Jordan. It's good to see you, my friend. The hat looking sharp as ever in that uh, Twitter profile. 
Jordan was one of our winners from a previous Apple podcast giveaway. And uh, it's good to see you, my friend. He says the top three wide receivers could be snagged by teams ahead of us, but watch out for the Saints trading to get a top wide receiver for Breeze's last chance. I could see the Eagles trading up too. Denver needs to go top three wide receiver to make Locke's job easy. I can't remember what mock it was. It was a credible one. I want to say it was one of the SI or MMQBs, one of the you know main corporate guys doing it. And anyway, the Eagles traded up with the Broncos to 15, took Henry Ruggs, and the Broncos yeah. took Patrick Queen. The uh, the Eagles, excuse me, are definitely targeting wide receiver. They might even there's a rumor that they put Alshon Jeffrey on the trade block, so they definitely need a wide receiver for Carson Wentz. And they're among the teams, the Saints, the Niners, the Broncos. They're going to be wide receiver heavy on day one. All right, let's grab from across the pond. You guys know him well, big time member of this community, and he helps out as well in uh, our Facebook group. The Mile High Huddle Super Fan Group on Facebook. James Campbell jumping in with a twenty-four. Is that euro or pound? I don't know how that. I'm I'm not as well versed on the symbols for European money. But James, thank you very much for that super. That's awesome. Brother. Thank you, James. He says we talk of the depth of the wide receiver class, but I think it would behoove the Broncos to trade ahead of the Raiders and secure the wide receiver prospect they like best if they could do it, and the price isn't unreasonable. Get a game changer. Where are the Raiders picking? Is it 12? Something like that. I mean, let me just double check that real quick. I should have this memorized, but I don't. Forgive me. Um, Raiders are picking 12. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, if you can get if you can get to 11 with the Jets, Zach, and you give up. Here's the problem, though. Pittsburgh last year, this is the kind of the closest thing we have in terms of recent history to, to kind of riff off of. It cost Pittsburgh two third-round picks to get from 20 to 10 last year. Getting from 15 to 10, maybe you can get away with a third and a fourth. And if you could do that to secure rugs or whoever you have your heart set on, is that something you'd do? I would go that high. If the Broncos deem Ruggs to be that good of a player, if they think he's so much better than Jerry Judy, so much better than CeeDee Lamb, so much better than they can get in the second, third round, go up and get him. You have the capital. You need that guy for Drew Locke. It's it's a worthwhile investment. I wouldn't jump into the top 10, Chad, but 11 or so get in front of the Raiders. I would probably do that. Kick a third-round pick, maybe two at, at most. You still have one left over. You're getting who you deem to be the best receiver in the entire draft class. I'm all for that. Be aggressive and get your guy. Go make winning moves. Blake Williams says on YouTube, I just want to thank you guys for everything you do and getting us through this situation. You guys make my night, so thank you for everything you guys do. Thank you, Blake. That's very nice. That's awesome. We thank appreciate you, hearing words like that. Keeps us going, my friend. King Hicks jumps back in. $2 super. Appreciate you, King. He says, why our coaching staff isn't getting – why isn't our coaching staff getting enough credit? Do you think Vic Fangio has didn't? I mean, I mean, it's hard to get credit when you when you lead a team to a, a sub five hundred finish. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to clown Fangio. I'm not trying to throw shade, but you also got to understand, King, that sub five hundred, no one's handing out any trophies, right? right? However, I think Fangio, you know, he showed that he was a first year head coach early on in that season. There was there was a reason the Broncos went zero and four. Wasn't all Joe Flacco, even though he was one of the big reasons why. But still, Fangio got his feet underneath him, his calling plays from the sideline, um, 
you know, figuring out just kind of the flow of games, decisions, uh, challenges. Sometimes we're a little skiwampus. You're like, really? You're going to challenge that one? Now, some of that had to do with Mitch Tanney, who's no longer with the team, up in the analytics booth telling Fangio, this is something you should challenge, or this is, here's the odds of winning this, or whatever. So some of that is being fed to him, but Fangio has the ultimate decision. Nevertheless, though, do you think this coaching staff, considering it now has two ex-head coaches in Mike Munchak and uh, Pat Shermer as assistants and Vic Fangio, do you think they get enough credit, Zach? Fangio, he came into Denver with his own resume, his own accolades, and everyone around the league recognized he was a defensive, I wouldn't say mastermind or genius, but he was a defensive guru. But Fangio, like any coach in the NFL, is tied to his quarterback, Chad. When he was losing with Flacco, he was being blamed and he was being criticized and picked apart, including by us. When he was winning with Drew Locke, the the defense played better, the offense played better, he was getting more credit. On his own, Fangio was a great coach with a great system, but with a the right quarterback in place, the Broncos start winning, then the national media will come eating their crow, then the national media will come with the accolades and with the respect, and they'll start to see the Broncos for what they are, a contender, not a pretender. So like anybody else, all comes down to quarterback play. If Locke takes that next step, you're going to see a lot of praise coming the Broncos' way. Well said. Brian, let's give you one more chance. You've been, I know this is a complaint of yours through a few podcasts lately. I'm going to give you a chance to get your question at the bottom here. I don't know what your question is because the stream moves faster. That We can't read every single comment. So leave it at the bottom. I promise you I'll look for it, and we will try and get it before we get out of here tonight. You have our word. Um, all right, let's see what else. We grabbed Jordan. Oh, bear with me one sec, you guys. Brian jumps back in, $5 super. <clears throat> I'm still worried that we'll uh, that we're going to trade up for rugs. I hope not, especially if Lamb and Judy are on the board. Ugh. So Brian's on record. He's not a huge fan of rugs in the first round. He's more about Lamb and Judy. And Zach, it's just one of those things where beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Everyone has an opinion, right. and more power to you. It'll be interesting to see which we we might not ever know unless the Broncos take the first wide receiver off the board, or if they trade up and take the you know, specific guy, but it'll be interesting to to see who they really, really prioritize. It sounds like it's rugs, but only time will tell. It's so subjective. One person wants Jefferson. One person wants Judy. One person wants rugs. One person wants CD Lamb. What we can all agree on, or most of us, is that the Broncos need a wide receiver. So if they come out of this draft, the first two rounds with one of these big five receivers, then we can all agree the Broncos filled a major need and did it, I think, the correct way. Okay. One or two more guys, and then we're going to get out of here for tonight. Sykes JB jumps in, $10 super. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're live, baby, and I got to super. I'm old. Don't mind me. <laughs> hey, we appreciate that, my friend. I mean, it means a lot to us, and and I'm glad that uh, you found a way to get her done and, and you're participating in the conversation. Get any questions in that you might have, my friend. All right, let me see if uh, that dude got his question. And, Brian, is this – is this what you wanted to talk? Is this what you wanted a response to? Yes, I have a Wolf jersey. And when I found out Wolf is gone, I'm unhappy and I'm mad. Hey, Jafil, we, we feel your pain, my friend. That's uh, that's unfortunate. All right, one more, and then we're going to bounce out. I saw Miller707 had something up here. Bear with me one sec. I want to grab him. If Denver trades up, do you think they could surprise us and pick someone we're totally sleeping on? <laughs> 
If so, who? Hmm. If Denver trades up and it's not for Henry Ruggs, right? So we're not – no one's sleeping on Henry Ruggs as a possibility. What we could be sleeping on is this team prioritizing one of the two best defensive prospects in the class in Isaiah Simmons and Jeff Okuda. Yeah. It, maybe that would be the answer, Zach. But are we sleeping on them, though? We're all entertaining them being possibilities. I don't think it's a sleeper move. Maybe for someone like Thomas, maybe they trade up for uh, Wirfs. That would be a sleeper move. because We don't see that coming. But I think we covered enough ground, and the draft aligns with the Broncos' needs so well that I don't think any player they move up for, especially on offense, would be a surprise. Maybe Okuda would come to mind. Maybe someone like Derek Brown. That would be the biggest surprise sleeper move to me in the first round. All right, this is the last one, and then we really do got to get out of here for tonight, you guys. Grant on Facebook wants to know, do you guys feel like Ruggs' combine overshadowed Judy's production at Bama? I think in some, in many ways that's true because, I mean, don't get me wrong, Ruggs was very productive in that offense, 1,000-yard receiver. I think uh, Judy produced 26 total touchdowns in the three years they both played together. Ruggs produced 24, but those 24 that Ruggs produced, Zach, came with significantly less touches. So that what that's one thing he had going for him in terms of the resume. Judy, on the other hand, was significantly more consistent in terms of the high numbers and every game. And a more, <clears throat> I don't want to say make it sound like, <clears throat> excuse me, Ruggs wasn't a focus of the offense, but it was clearly a top priority for that offensive coordinator, Zach, to get the ball to Jerry Judy. So did Ruggs's 428 combine overshadow some of that? I think that's a fair, a fair argument to be made. But what was that stat that we saw in the last pod, Chad? 25% of Henry Ruggs' touches went for touchdowns. I mean, he just has the production. For my money, he has the higher ceiling, whereas Judy has the higher floor. I mean, they're two phenomenal wide receivers, and either of them would boost the Broncos' prospects. Either of them would become Drew Locke's best friend. But they have different levels to their game. I think Judy's more of a technician. He's more advanced. But Ruggs is more explosive. He offers more playmaking ability. Either way, though, if it's Judy, Ruggs, Lamb, I'm a happy camper. All right, guys, listen, if we missed your question tonight, you know we love you. There's just only so much time in the world, and we have to mosey through each and every pod. But have your question. We'll get to it tomorrow. It's the Mile High Mailbag. So any question left unanswered tonight, we will always try to tackle it in the Mile High Mailbag. That's what that podcast is all about. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back in the saddle, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern, tomorrow night. In the meantime, guys, make sure you are following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, as you can see here. Make sure also you're following Mile High Huddle, at Mile High Huddle, and my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned, guys. As Again, we'll see you tomorrow night for the mailbag. And if you want to keep the conversation going, so many of you have flocked to MileHighHuddle.com and have begun to really ignite the community section, that's a great place for you guys to keep this conversation going. Continue to interact with us outside of the podcast. We're there constantly. So migrate on over there. We'll keep this conversation going. But in the meantime, Zach, have a uh, good rest of your Wednesday evening, my brother. You too, and everybody else out there. And uh, I'm excited for tomorrow, Chad. We only have a few more mailbags until the draft. So let's make it a loaded one tomorrow, guys. Any questions you have, hit us up on Twitter. You know, Get your questions ready. Drop it in the community thread, and uh, we will for sure get to it. 
Amen to that. And Duke on the way out the door jumped wow. in. Ten dollars super means a lot, big bro. It's good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you. Um, Justin, you're wondering which pods aired on what day? Really quick, let, let me just iron this out. Zach, myself, huddle up pod goes Sunday night, Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Building the Broncos is Tuesday night, Friday, Saturday. Dove Valley deep divers. But guys, that's got to do it for tonight. Thank you to each and every one of you for joining us. Mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. You will be tagged on Twitter after the podcast as a show of appreciation. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you guys same time tomorrow night. Oh, Uh, Justin at the buzzer. At the buzzer. Appreciate you, my friend. We'll see you again tomorrow night, guys. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.